you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 243 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, do you really want me to talk about the weekend series? Because I don't want to either. So I'm going to throw some stats at you and try to find some bright spots from what was an utterly terrible weekend. So, uh, and then in the third segment, I'm going to talk about the Dodgers coming to town because that should be a lot of fun too, right? Uh, And also I have a couple of fun, feel good baseball stories to get to at the very end as well. So uh, that's what we got on the docket for you guys. But before I get into any of that, today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Also make sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnAids on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. We had a great discussion on on Friday had a lot of fun lasted for like an hour and a half I think uh, so make sure you download the locker room app if you have an Apple device uh, it's just fun to you know BS talk about baseball movies whatever the hell comes up we're gonna talk about it because not everybody's on the same feed for the baseball game so uh, yeah and just throw bring your A's questions or baseball questions and I'll I'll do my best and that's a lot of fun um, so yeah that's a uh, oh also uh, emails if you have any questions at lockedonathletics at gmail.com so um Let's get into the series just real quick. I'm not going to deep dive into everything that went wrong because a lot of stuff sucked. So let's just go with the A's lost by a whole bunch of runs in four straight games to the team most of us dislike the most. If you lump in last year's ALDS, the last eight A's games that we have watched have basically been the exact same and only one of those they won. So A's baseball has not been fun the last eight games and they looked bad with Simeon and Hendricks as well. So uh, they looked good with them. They looked bad without them. And I don't think that they lost this four game series because they let these players walk. Uh, I, I saw that going around a little bit and I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, sure, if you want to go that route, but they also got eliminated from the playoffs pretty handedly with those guys on the roster. So if you want to make your narrative work, sure. But the same thing happened before, too. And they didn't put up a lot of fight then either. So uh, let's go with a different narrative, maybe. I don't know. So the Astros have been able to hit the A's pitching, and that's what I kind of want to focus on a little bit here. Uh, it, It doesn't matter who was on the mound. They are crushing whoever is throwing them pitches. And that is a problem that needs to be addressed either by making some acquisitions that can get these guys out or having better scouting reports. Uh, One of these two things can happen this season. The other one is retool the entire system and get a bunch of hard-throwing guys, And uh, but that's not what the A's are... That that doesn't help 2021. So I'm trying to be proactive and, you know, helpful for this season in particular. Uh, And one other thing is Houston gets up to play the A's, and the A's have not risen to that challenge that Houston presents. Like on Friday night, uh, Carlos Correa basically hip-checked Matt Chapman for no reason whatsoever, Um, and then they were laughing about it before Saturday's game. I'm not saying go old school and, like, throw at these guys, but 
Wait until the series is over to squash this stuff. Play with a chip on your shoulder. Do something other than what you've been doing because you're getting your asses kicked. And that is no fun for anybody. It can't be fun actually playing the games. It's not fun for, you know, the fans who just get dunked on by everybody's fan base at this point because, uh, you know, whatever. So do what Michael Jordan did and just make up some slights. Be like, yeah, that guy wronged me. I hate him now. And then, you know, on Sunday, on getaway day, just uh, just shake hands and be like, oh, that was fun, right? No, that was a good time. I thought that I hated you. I don't. You're nice. Uh, but don't let us see that because we, we have uh, hard opinions on Carlos Correa. <laughs> so anyways, whatever they're doing just is not working. And I, I want that to change a lot. And so with all that said, though, I, I want to take a quick long view at the entire month schedule because uh, these first 10 games, brutal. They suck really, really bad. Um, and you got the Dodgers coming to town, you know, today, actually. And then uh, the A's are going to Houston. It's not a fun next six games. The last four suck too. So uh, it's it's not a good time and there's no off days. So the bullpen is going to be taxed by the end of this thing. And But from from Houston, they go play two in Arizona, then get a day off. Well, they have off days on either side of that uh, Arizona series. And then they return home to go four against the Tigers, three against the Twins, who are without Josh Donaldson at the moment. And then the month wraps up with a series against Baltimore and Tampa Bay. There's one more lingering Baltimore game at home uh, at the end of that. But yeah, even if the A's only win two of their next six against LA and Houston, there is still a very plausible way for them to finish off the month with a winning record. Split with Arizona, take three of four from the Tigers, two of three th from the Twins at home, sweep Baltimore, split with Tampa, and win the first game of the next Orioles series on the last day of the month. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a 14 and 12 month, and that is not bad by any means. I think you would definitely take that. Uh, given how this season has started. Can they get there with the way that they're playing? Probably not. Am I discounting Baltimore a little bit? Sure, they're 3-0 right now. They are the kings of the AL West. They are sole proprietors of the AL, oh, not West, the, the AL East. Uh, they, they're better than the Yankees. They're better than the Jays. They're better than the Rays um, because they beat up on the Red Sox. <laughs> the Red Sox do not look like a good time either, So or a good team, at least. Uh, they look like a really good time, though. Um, so I, I, I don't know that they're going to still be on that hot streak of three wins in a row by that point, but you know, maybe they're the A's catch them at the wrong time and they split with the, the Orioles too, but th there's a very plausible way to get the A's to 500 at the end of this month, which I think any of us will take right now, given how poorly they have looked right, uh, in the first four games. So obviously the A's got to start playing a little bit better though. The injury to Trevor Rosenthal hurts right now. And as I mentioned last week, if he missed time, that puts the bullpen in question because Everyone's roles get switched up and they don't have the same level of depth without him. And after watching the series with the Astros, I think that having Cole Irvin start the season in the bullpen may have been a better idea than going with a traditional reliever like uh, Ramin Goudouin because he can eat up innings and save arms for later, which is something that we obviously saw the A's doing later, you know, in uh, Saturday and Sunday's game. They put in Goudouin just because they're like, eh, screw it, whatever happens, happens. And then on Sunday, they had Kai Tom pitch because they're trying to save guys in the bullpen. Why not have, you know, Dalton Jeffries? He, he looked really good. Why not have him start the game and then have Cole Irvin be in the bullpen? That would have solved a couple of problems that were kind of predictable, you would think. So uh, it, it was a little bit interesting that they really, really, really wanted to stick with a traditional reliever in that role. But, you know, they know better than I. They got spreadsheets. I have Word documents. <laughs> 
that act as my script. That's that's what I'm doing here. Um, also, I saw a lot of fans complaining on Twitter about Ramin Goudouan uh, being in the game when the A's were down four in the ninth inning on Saturday, and I get it. He has not looked good. Uh, he has pitched very poorly. He's given up seven runs in two innings. Not great, obviously. But right now, that is his role. He is the garbage man. He's there to pitch so that Jake Diekman or Sergio Romo or the late inning guys that they currently have are not in the game using their bullets. That's what he's there to do. Uh, you think that the A's were going to score four runs in the ninth? Well, they didn't, so it didn't matter, did it? He just went out there and whatever happens, happens. That's his role right now. And honestly, that's the same reason that Kai Tom pitched on Sunday. Personally, that was the bright spot of the series for me because uh, most of the rest of the games, I had zero fun. Like, literally, the A's have not held a lead this entire season yet. Four games, zero leads. They've been tied for a couple of innings, but usually they've been getting their butts kicked. It has not been great. So Kai Tom brought me some joy. I had some fun. Is he better than Shohei Otani? We'll have to play out the season <laughs> as the best two-way player in baseball. <laughs> also, Shohei Otani, uh, he, he killed on Sunday. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But the reason that Tom was in there was to keep the bullpen fresh for tomorrow's game. Because tomorrow's game is uncertain. The game that they were currently playing... Pretty much a zero chance of winning. So why not keep your best arms fresh, save them for another day, and that's what they're doing. And that's the same reason why when I started would get into a little bit of trouble on Twitter would be calling for a bullpen move because Cole Irvin was letting, allowing too many hits or Sean Manaya is... People have preconceived notions of Sean Manaya. Um, they were allowed to keep going because the bullpen is throwing a ton of innings right now. We're four games in. We're not going to be able to bullpen like the Rays. The, the A's do not have the bullpen that the Rays do. They cannot just go out there and get three outs quickly. They're throwing a bunch of pitches. They can't throw these guys back-to-back -back days too many times because that's just not what they have. They don't have the Rays bullpen. And so it makes it a little bit more difficult to use the arms that the A's have because those are the ones that they can quote unquote afford. So, uh, yeah, that, that's just how that goes. And that's why Yusmero Petit has been a nice weapon for Bob Melvin in so many recent years is because he can go multiple innings if needed. But uh, he hasn't been as crisp the last, you know, dozen outings that we've seen him, let's say. Uh, it hasn't been great. And obviously, you want the best arm out there in every situation, but the body takes time to recuperate. And in this season, coming off the shortened season last year, nobody knows how many innings they can get out of their guys. Th this goes for every baseball team. And so... Would you rather have Jake Diekman in the ninth with the A's down by seven on Sunday and use one of his innings uh, when you don't know how many you can get out of Jake Diekman? Or would you rather throw out Kai Tom and whatever happens, happens? That's why you go with Kai Tom right there. Uh, we, we can stop complaining about the A's got their butts kicked. We, we can move on from that. We, we don't need to sulk about that for, for too long, at least. And trust me, this series was as frustrating for me as anybody else because I have had this microphone and I've been shouting that the A's are being disrespected with all of these, uh, you know, uh, season projections and all that stuff. I think that they're still kind of good, maybe. And they just looked awful this weekend. And that is not the way that you want to start the season at all. But I, I have this whole thing where I'm the optimistic A's fan. So uh, I, I try to project that on social media during the game. So if you follow us at Locked on A's, uh, hopefully I brighten your mood about the A's a little bit. So that's a lot of fun. Um, anyways, we got most of the bad news out of the way. So coming up, I'm talking about some of the bright spots from the A's in the first four games. So stay locked in with Locked on A's and I'll be right back. 
Today's episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Football's over. NBA's still going. College basketball about to wrap up, so you got to jump on that one. NHL, full swing. Baseball, just started. Have some fun with that one. Uh, play some futures bets. I'm sure that you can probably get some good bets on the A's odds right now because they looked bad. Um, yeah, see what the futures are looking like right now on the A's because uh, they're down four in the division and that is insurmountable with only 158 to play. Nobody's ever come from back from that deficit before. So uh, put some money on the A's right now. Also, Bet Online covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place bets and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to their website or you can use your mobile device, desktop, mobile, doesn't matter. They're versatile like that, you guys. Bet online, best place to place bets. <laughs> and you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. And that is why everybody's saying Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And with that, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, maybe not the season so far, but the show itself, this Locked On A's podcast, make sure to follow us wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So before we get into some bright spots, let's catch up on a little bit of injury news from the first four games. Uh, first up, uh, Chad Pender. Made another terrific grab on Sunday. He had three great, great catches in right field over the weekend. Uh, but on Sunday, he crashed into the wall and uh, he initially stayed in the game, but was lifted for Stephen Biscotti when his turn in the order came up. According to the reports, he has a left knee spring and will get an MRI on Monday. So I'm guessing he's out for Monday's game, uh, depending on how bad this sprain is. But usually if you get an MRI, you're probably not playing that day. So I'm assuming that he's out for Monday's game. So not great. Moving on, we got Sean Murphy, who is hit by a pitch in the wrist in the bottom of the ninth with two outs on Thursday. He felt some discomfort swinging in the cage on Sunday. And Matt Kawahara of the San Francisco Chronicle says he'll need another day. I'm pretty sure that means Sunday? but it could mean he also needs Monday and then maybe he's playing Tuesday. Uh, we, we'll see, I suppose. I would like some clarification on that one, Matt. Um, and then finally, we got uh, Ramon Laureano, who dove into first base on Friday night. He feels a lot better and could play on Monday per Kawahara. Uh, see, that that was great clarification. Good job, Matt. Um, he also was up in the dugout looking like he was ready to stretch. Maybe he could be able to pinch run if they need him to. Or maybe if Blake Trainin comes into the game, he can hit a walk-off dinger or something like that. That'd be great. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, Ramon Laureano gets back in the lineup because he would be a very nice added boost to the lineup because he's been hitting the ball very well. So that wraps up the injury news. So let's get to some bright spots. If you're looking for someone that had a pretty good series, obviously there's Chad Pender. But since his status is uncertain, I will not mention him for now because that could just lead to a little bit more heartache by saying, hey, you know who was the best player of the weekend? Chad Pinder. You know who's on the IL now? Chad Pinder. So I'm staying away from that. I don't know if he's going to be IL 
eligible or if he's going to be if this requires an IL stint but I don't want to uh, hurt anybody by saying how good he was so I won't but he was great Um, instead I'm going to go with Matt Olson here he is four for 14 on the season with a couple of walks giving him an on-base percentage of 412 his exit velocity through four games is 98.5 miles per hour on average which is in the top five percent of the league His page on Baseball Savant has a lot of red on it, which is great news if you are hoping for a big season from Matt Olson. He was crushing the ball, but his launch angle was only 5.8 degrees, which is not great. It's like a a low line drive. Uh, You want to get that to like, 15 or so and then that then you're really driving the ball nicely so he needs to work on that a little bit turn that 5.8 into like 15 to 20 somewhere in there and then those line those low line drives will be turning into home runs and uh it'll get fixed it's four games it's not a big deal but he's hitting the crap out of the ball so his timing is great his hand adjustment is working that's something that you want to see the rest of it will figure itself out um also the other standout at the plate that's currently healthy is mark canna in the leadoff spot he is also four for 14 with a 412 on base percentage just like olsen which is what you want to see from him in the leadoff spot uh, i did the over-unders i said he might not get rbi but he will get runs he, he has four runs so far. That's a plus. He's how many runs have the A scored? Not that many. So every time Mark Canna gets on board, he gets brought in. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that it's that good. I think that he's been on base six times. So no, not quite, but it's a good percentage of the time he gets on base. Great table setting. Mark. Uh, So on Sunday, he hit two balls. One was 395 feet. The other was 396 feet. Both were off the jagged edges in the outfield that could have easily been home runs. And if those go out of the park for Mark, out of the park, Mark, I think that people would be a little more excited since the A's only have one home run on the season so far. People love the long ball, I I must say. And uh, I think that that would give us a little bit more optimism if both of those home runs or both of those balls had been home runs as opposed to missing them by just a couple of inches because they were too far to the right. Um, They they had the distance. They were just put in the wrong part of the ballpark, and that sucks. Uh, Matt Chapman has not looked great this season, getting one hit in the four-game set, but he did walk four times to give him an on-base percentage of 313. I feel like that may have been a little bit overlooked because he wasn't necessarily great at the plate, but he got on base, so that was good, I guess. Uh, What I would have liked to see from Chapman was specifically in his Saturday, in the Saturday game, in his at bat against Lance McCullers, he would McCullers was wobbling and Chapman could have taken some pitches and he didn't. He got thrown five balls and he ended up striking out. I don't want to see that from Matt Chapman. I want him to have a big breakout season. That was a nice RBI opportunity for him. Didn't happen. And uh, that sucked. Following right behind him in that same game, though, was Mitch Moreland, who came up right after him, waited for McCullers to throw a strike before taking the bat off of his shoulder. He's like, I'm not going to swing unless you're going to throw me strikes. So let's see what happens. And then he he got ahead in the count. He ended up driving home a run. There you go. That's Mitch Moreland, professional hitter. I like that from him. He hasn't looked great overall, but I liked that approach and I wanted to call it out. And one last player that did a couple of nice things was Aramis Garcia, who played the final three games of the series after Sean Murphy's injury. His bat hasn't been stellar just yet, but his defense behind the dish has been fairly solid. I know that there were some wild pitches when he was catching Raymond Goudouin, or uh, Raymond Goudouin, sorry, uh, on Saturday. I- I'm not holding him to account on that one. That that That's beyond <laughs> what he's asked to do. Um, but on Sunday, he was 
he received a changeup from Shamanaya, and this is what really caught my eye. It was on the outer, like the outer corner of the plates. Um, it was a little bit up. It was a nice changeup from Shamanaya. Got called strike three. It was a strike. Um, but in watching the replay in slow-mo, you can see Garcia bring that pitch to the middle of the plate without jerking his arm to get there. He was moving like Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, or I guess uh, Avengers Endgame, because it was imperceptible unless you were looking for it, which I was because of Alex Coffey's article in The Athletic where uh, she talked about him working on his pitch framing. So that was a nice thing to see from him. And it was, you know, a, a very stark contrast to what Martin Maldonado was doing for the Astros, where he would catch it and then jerk his arm, you know, 15 feet or whatever. Uh, you could tell that he was moving the ball. He was still getting the calls, which was very frustrating as an A's fan. But but the subtlety is what really got me. And I think that that could come into play a little bit later in the season for Aramis Garcia and the A's. Uh, I really liked just that one pitch that I saw. I thought that that was fantastic. He also threw out Miles Straw, who ranks in the top 1% of the league in sprint speed. So he's got a cannon behind the dish too. So not mad if uh, if his bat comes around a little bit, uh, he could be a nice player to have on this A's roster. So uh, hopefully other players join these standout guys starting today when they play the Dodgers and we can start seeing some winning baseball. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Dodgers here in a minute, and we're going to find out. So uh, coming up on the show, I'm talking about the Dodgers coming to town, and I have a couple of good baseball stories from the weekend. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever, and that is Built Bar, my friends. And the improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They got six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still got their original 12 flavors like German chocolate, banana bread, mint brownie. All of these ones went down very early in Built Bar madness, I must say. And also, coconut, uh, the coconut brownie chunk, not listed on any of these. Uh, go to the website. If you can find coconut brownie chunk, get it because it is a seasonal thing or, or protein bar seasonal. Not sure. Check it out. Uh, that one's delicious. Pretty sure it won the Built Bar Madness pool. Have not checked. I'm, I, I put a lot of money on that one, so I'm hoping that it did. I'm going to check my bank account later. Anyways, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and they are built for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15%. 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to give you an advantage in your leagues, and that is Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Brief side note, uh, if you are wondering about his credentials, because he's been playing for 20 years, uh, we have a fantasy baseball league with the Locked On crew. My first matchup of the season is going against Scott Cullen. I've been ravaged by injuries, so uh, my team is not performing very well, but he is kicking my behind, much like the Astros did to the A's. So, uh, yeah, if you need some advice, probably good to listen to him, because I didn't think that his team was very good, and he is dominating. So, uh, yeah, give, give that podcast a follow wherever you like podcasts. And also, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Follow the podcast, if you will, uh, wherever you like hearing podcasts. You can also leave us their rating and a review if you're 
podcast place of choice allows you to do so. That is very much appreciated. It moves us up in the rankings, makes me feel nice and warm inside. You can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So the defending World Series champion Dodgers are coming to town starting today, and they're bringing some arms with them. Um, they are bringing some of their best and their brightest. So it is not going to be a fun series, most likely. Uh, luckily, the A's have three of their better arms going in this series, too. So this one could be interesting. The pitching matchups have me at least intrigued. I don't think that it's going to be a beatdown like this uh, this first series was, but we'll see. So on Monday, we're going to see Dustin May going up against Frankie Montas. It is their first starts of the season, so uh, we we have no stats on any of these guys right now. Is Frankie Montas uh, doing okay? We're going to find out tomorrow or today, as you know you're hearing this as I'm recording this. It's tomorrow. Doesn't matter. Anyways, followed by Kershaw and Bassett on uh, Tuesday, and then on Wednesday you got. Trevor Bauer, the big $45 million man going against Jesus Luzardo, who's making league minimum. So it <laughs> uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, the Dodgers are just leaving Colorado, and they took three of four from the Rockies, but only walked away with a plus five run differential. And it's not because the Rockies are good, um, like at all. I don't think that the Rockies are a good team at all. They're probably the second or third worst team in uh, the National League, I would say, going off of not looking at who's actually in that league. It's probably the Pirates and then them would be, you know, from the bottom. Um, so if anything, that that could give you a little bit of help that they didn't just cream the Rockies. So if the A's lose, it'll be closer and maybe more enjoyable to watch. <laughs> but hopefully the A's win a game or maybe even two. Ooh, let's get into it. Uh, Dustin May does not rely on strikeouts to get through his outings, so there will be opportunities to put some swings on balls. He is a hard thrower with an easy 100 miles per hour in his back pocket, but it's it's hittable from what I've seen of him. Granted, it's been, you know, the, the Rays were able to hit him and also the Braves. Two pretty good teams, so I don't know that these are that caliber of an offense just yet, but we're going to find out on Monday. May has also been working on some breaking pitches and being more than just a hard thrower. So Monday could be another tough one if he's figured some things out. Hopefully for the ASIC, he hasn't. Oh, hopefully for Dustin May's development and his career, he has. Um, you know, it, it's it's a tough one for me because Dustin May, see, I, he's on my fantasy team. See, he looks great. Um, I just hope that he doesn't do greats. Hopefully it's just a close game and Frankie Montas can, you know, keep it close and then the bullpen can give it up for the Dodgers. That'd be fine with me. That's fine. Uh, moving over to Tuesday's game, Kershaw went five and two thirds and gave up 10 hits, six runs. Uh, five of those were earned in his start on Thursday against the Rockies and he struggled in his final spring start against the A's too. So maybe there's a little bit of hope with this one. Maybe he's broken and the A's just got in his head like real bad in that final spring start. Or maybe he's coming with a vendetta which would not be great. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see on that one. He's a really good pitcher. Uh, if he's on, he's unhittable. So uh, we'll see how that one goes, I guess. And then Trevor Bauer, uh, you may have heard, he did not allow a hit for six innings in his first start in Dodger Blue. And uh, 
that that was really good. And then the wheels fell off. So that was the plus. Granted, it was in Colorado. So I don't know how much wheels falling off there would be in comparison to pitching at the Coliseum because foul ground and everything. But after starting off with six no hit innings, he lasted just six and a third and gave up three hits, a walk two, and led to four runs. He gave up a couple of bombs and uh, maybe, maybe the A's can get to him. We will find out. Uh, I have been on that bandwagon that says that uh, he's been using some some stuff on his fingers and hopefully that does not make its way into 2021 we'll find out maybe one of us needs to make a a, a discreet phone call to major league baseball and, and say to uh check his hands or his brim of his cap or something uh I'm desperate at this point. <laughs> but uh, as for the offensive firepower for the Dodgers, they scored some runs, not a ton, but, you know, some runs. Uh, Corey Seager is on fire, though, after one series. He went 8 for 12 with a couple of doubles and four walks. His on-base percentage right now is 750. So uh, cooling him down a little bit would probably go a long way to getting a couple of wins. So uh, we'll see what happens when the Dodgers come to town. And this is going to be another tough series, but hopefully with better results. That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe a lead. If they lost all three, but they led for a little bit in one game, I'd be happy with that, I think. <laughs> Obviously, I want them to sweep every series and win every game, but, you know baby steps. Um, but I don't want to end today on the doom looming for the next series. So instead, here are three quick stories from around baseball that I found pretty cool. Uh, first up, you probably heard about Shohei Otani Sunday evening. If not, it was the first time he both started a game on the mound and was in the angel lineup. And in the first inning, he was hitting triple digits on the radar gun while pitching. And then the first pitch that he saw at the plate in the bottom of the first inning, he cranked to deep right 115 miles off the bat. I'm assuming that's the first time that's ever been done in baseball history because that was amazing. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, Twitter, I think, exploded. And uh, you can definitely find video of that if you ever want to uh, hear that sound again, because that sound was special. The second quick story is from the other dugout in the same series, and it was Yermin Mercedes, uh, who had 2,128 minor league at-bats before making his big, de big league debut this season. And he'd also played an unaffiliated ball before even reaching the minors, uh, dating back to like 2014. So he has been climbing the ladder forever, it seems like. And it must feel like that, too. Over 2,000 games in the minor leagues, that takes a toll. And so Mercedes just making it to the majors is a big deal in its own right. But then he started the 2021 season by collecting hits in his first eight at-bats. And as of this recording, he is 9 for 13 on the season. And my guess is that he's not going to end up hitting 643 with a 1.643 or a 1643 OPS on the season. So I wanted to celebrate him now. That is an amazing story. Great job by Yermin Mercedes. Uh, I, I'm hoping to hear more stories like this throughout the course of the season. And when I do, I'll, I'll share them on the podcast because uh, if we're in for a doom and gloom series, I'm going to bring you guys some spots of joy from around the league. Uh, but finally, there is Akil Badu of the Detroit Tigers. Badu was a Rule 5 pick of the Tigers back in December and hadn't played above A ball until Sunday when, he's when he made his Major League debut. He had a solid spring and ended up making the rebuilding Tigers roster and got his first big league start playing left field, batting ninth on Sunday. In his first big league at bat, on the first pitch that he saw, he blasted a home run the other way, and I just thought that, that was really, really cool. 
because um, you don't see too many guys going from a ball to the big leagues and just blasting shots to the opposite field. So great job by uh, everybody that I mentioned and everybody that I didn't mention because I've been busy sulking about the ace this week. And so there's probably better stories out there too, but uh, these are the ones that came uh, into my feed and these are the ones that I wanted to talk about. So uh, anyways, that is it for me today, you guys. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.